We've been in a book of Acts for the last uh, several weeks in a series called Unstoppable. But before I read out of Acts, I'm going to first read today out of Luke. Gospel according to Luke chapter 9 verse 5. One verse there. Luke 9 verse 5. And then we will head on over to Acts 13 and verse 49. But here in Luke 9 verse 5 it says, And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off. Someone say shake off. The very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Now Acts chapter 13 and verse 49, this will be our key text today. It reads, And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from the region. But they shook off, someone say shook off, the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I have a word of encouragement for somebody today. And I want to title this message very simply, shake it off. Shake it off. Someone say shake it off. Shake it off. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your spirit that we feel in this place today, God. We ask, God, that, uh, that you would speak to us now. Anoint our hearts, our ears, our understanding to receive your word with gladness, God. For surely the ground has been prepared already, Lord. And anoint me, God. I need my lips of clay to be saturated, to be anointed, God, that it not be me, but it be the Holy Ghost that speaks to us today. Father, we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Once upon a time, a farmer's donkey accidentally fell into a deep ditch. The poor animal cried out in distress, unable to climb out on its own. The farmer rushed to the scene, but with no way of lifting the donkey out, he made the difficult decision, hard decision, one that no farmer or, or, or rancher whatever wants to make, and that was to end its misery and to bury the donkey under a pile of dirt. So he grabbed a shovel, and he began to shovel dirt into the ditch. However, with each shovel full of dirt, the donkey did something unexpected. Instead of allowing the dirt to bury it, this clever donkey would shake it off and stomp on it using the dirt as a stepping stone. And as the farmer continued to shovel dirt, the donkey persisted in shaking it off. Step by step, he did this. And gradually, the pile of dirt beneath the donkey grew higher and higher. And with each shake, it eventually reached solid ground and stepped into its freedom. And the moral of the story is this, that the dust can either bury you or elevate you. It can make you bitter or it can make you better. It can destroy you or it can 
develop you. The question is, will you shake it off? The Apostle Paul had to learn this very crucial, valuable lesson early on in his ministry. And it's one that every believer today must learn as well if you are going to be the victorious Christian that God has called you to be and to fulfill your personal mission in life. If I can, for a few moments, lay a foundation, the scene in our text as it unfolds. It unfolds in the city of Antioch of Pisidia. During Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey. Here's a map. You may not be able to make out uh, the different uh, cities there. The text might be a little small, but this gives you an idea of their first missionary journey, which took them from, uh, uh, from one city called Antioch uh, and to the island of Cyprus and then on to some key cities in Asia Minor, which is the modern-day country of Turkey. And it's, it's worth noting that there were two cities named Antioch mentioned in Scripture. There was Antioch of Syria and Antioch of Pisidia. The Syrian Antioch was home to a thriving multicultural church made up of Jews and Gentiles. And this first city uh, of Antioch, wh where the mission started, where he was launched, uh, became known as the cradle of Christianity. This was a powerful church, a very apostolic, uh, anointed church with a great vision and great purpose. They were thriving in, in Antioch. Uh, of Syria, and uh, this is where the uh, early disciples were first called Christians. So the very first uh, people called Christians were those of this Antioch of, of Syria. So they earned for them a great reputation. It was fertile ground for the gospel. However, the other Antioch of Pisidia, which we'll focus on today, was spiritually raw and uncultivated compared to its sister city. They shared the same name, but, but they were worlds apart in terms of ideology, in terms of its cultural landscape, spiritually. They were just completely different places. And yet in this, this uh, uncultivated city of, uh, of the, the Pisidian Antioch, there was a hunger for God. And there was a hunger for the word of God. And Paul and Barnabas, these, these early rookie apostles, in fact, they weren't even apostles yet, uh, they started gaining traction there and started to feel good about their progress in this very uncultivated area. Very few Jews were living in that area. And so, but they had early success there. But their efforts were abruptly cut short when some prominent Jews that were there began to stir up the devout Jews, the prominent Jews, and started to harass Paul and Barnabas. And they incited a mob against them. Eventually, they ran them out of town. Now, this is a very deflating, uh, discouraging incident to take place for Paul and Barnabas, because this is their first 
missionary journey. This is the inaugural uh, initiation of their ministry. They're being initiated into the ministry, this uh, apostolic ministry, and they were starting to build up confidence. They were, uh, things were going uh, pretty good, as, as good as it can be, being their uh, inaugural trip. Uh, and just as they were finding their rhythm, just as they were catching their groove, you know, they were kind of like feeling a vibe. They, they found like a good flow. Things were starting to click and starting to work. At that very moment is when opposition started to kick up dust around them. Until Paul and Barnabas literally, uh, possibly, but at least spiritually, found themselves covered in dust. And this would have been a very, very discouraging time for them. This would have been a moment where they, they, they felt like, you know, what, what's going on here? You know, things were just going good. Things were just getting good. And all of a sudden, here we are with dust in our face and, and dust all around us. And so the question before us today was the question that was before them is, what will we do? What will you do when the dust of rejection and, and disappointment and adversity is thrown on you? Will you let it bury you? Or will you shake it off? Will you let it destroy you? Will you let it abort the mission that God has given you, given to, to, to lead your life and your family, wherever it is that God has planted you to serve and to be a witness? Or will you shake it off? And so today, I, I believe that God has me here to encourage somebody. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> to help you today to shake off whatever it is that, that life or the world or others or even yourself has thrown on you. And the first thing you've got to do if you're going to shake these things off is you've got to identify the dust. Someone say the dust. You've got to identify the dust. Paul was a very spiritual man. I don't think anybody today would, would argue to the contrary. Paul was a godly man, a spiritual man, a man of prayer, a man of faith. But nobody, not Paul, not you, not even Jesus, I would say, is immune to dust. It is impossible to go through this life and not experience some level of dust. Can I get a witness today? Dust is a fact of life. Because eventually you'll face rejection, you'll face disappointment, you'll face adversity of some kind. I think we all know and understand this at a very basic level. That's just the way the world works. That's just life. However, not everyone experiences the same amount of dust. <laughs> Not everyone experiences the same degree of dust. How is that so? I'll explain to you how it's so. You're more likely to get dust on you when you have a habit of saying yes to God. You're more likely of getting dust shoveled on you when you live a life of obedience. You're more likely to get dust thrown in your face or on your life when you put yourself out there 
in ministry, in relationships. If you don't have any dust on you today, it means it could only mean two things. It means either you are extremely and very, very uncommonly blessed. And I want to know the secret that you hide because I need to know how it is that you don't have any dust. Or you're playing it very safe. You're either extremely uncommonly blessed or you are playing it very safe if you don't have any dust on you. Amen. When we begin to say yes to God, when we begin to follow after him, there will inevitably be dust of disappointment, of failure, of rejection, of opposition, of heartbreak. You name it, it's going to happen. In other words, there will be dust. There's going to be dust. And there's nothing you can really do to avoid it. You cannot fully protect yourself from the dust. Everywhere that God calls us to work, to serve, to strive, will have dust. How is that possible? Because we live in a dusty world. Someone say amen today. I said we live in a dusty world. Evangelism is dusty. Evangelism is dusty. There's no way to get involved in evangelism, involved in the work of reaching the lost and not get some dust on you. <laughs> Can I tell you today that discipleship is dusty? Ah, oh, come on, I'm gonna need some help today. Discipleship is a dusty affair. You cannot get involved in the work of making a disciple and not get some dust on you. Relationships, oh, and I need some help now, are dusty. Someone say they're dusty. In fact, I will go as far as to tell somebody today that authentic Christianity is dusty. And if you don't have any dust on you, that tells me that you are possibly insulating your life to such a degree. You've got no dust in your fingernails. You've got no dust on your life. There's no messiness on you from, from the work that God has called you. And that is not a good thing. You see, let me tell you somewhere. Let me tell you something today. Let me, let me just get some things off of my chest, if that's all right. In some ways, I don't trust believers who don't have any dust on them. I'm going to tell it like it is today. Even if you don't say amen, I'm going to just say it. I don't trust leaders that don't have dust on them. What can you possibly tell me about serving, about discipling, about evangelism when you are squeaky clean? And you've got no dust on you. But I want to talk to people, and I am drawn and gravitate to people that got a little dust on them. Ah, hallelujah, somebody. They've got a little dust on them. Because if you're really doing it right, you're going to get some dust on you. You're going to be criticized sometimes. You're going to have some things said about you. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be talked about. Come on now. You're going to be gossiped about. If you're really doing it right, you're going to have some dust on you. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I feel in my spirit, some of you are kind of resisting what I'm saying right now. I don't have any dust. I'm going to throw some dust on you before you leave. We'll go to the park again and get some dust on you. If you don't got any, honey, I'll give you some of mine. Even Jesus got some dust on him. So what kind of dust did Jesus get? Was he not criticized by the Pharisees? When he sat and break bread and had food with the, with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. Oh my gosh, they said. OMG, I can't believe that Jesus would dare to sit with those kind of dusty people. And they talked about him. And they ridiculed him. Why? Because he went to some dusty places. And this is what I feel in my spirit today. I think that, and don't take this the wrong way. I'm not talking about the dust of sin. Let's just do a little pause right here. I'm not talking about the dust of sin and the pollution of that. I'm talking about the dust of work. And the dust of evangelism and the dust of what happens when you are actively involved in the work of God. You will get some dust on you when you're trying to live right. When you're trying to serve the Lord. When you're trying to do your very best. You'll get some dust on you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if you don't want any dust... If you want to be squeaky clean, I don't, I, don't, I don't want any criticism. I don't want any rejection. You know the best way to not ever experience rejection? Well, never put yourself out there. You can't be rejected if you make no friends. Oh, come on now. Hallelujah. You can't be rejected if you never invite. Hello. You can't be rejected. If you never, so if you don't want to experience rejection, just don't do anything. My God. Some of us have never felt rejection, and you need to. So you'll know how it feels to be told no. You say, but I don't want to experience that. That sounds painful. That's socially awkward. Yes, it is. But that's what's going to help develop you. And that's what you need. And I believe that Paul and Barnabas, they had to experience the dust early on in their ministry. At the very genesis of their ministry, they had to experience it. Why? Because God was going to take them to some even dustier places. And he needed to know that you can handle a little bit of dust because I'm taking you to some different places. Someone give God some praise today. Hallelujah. You see, the real issue, however, is that too many of us, not that we don't have dust, but that we just live with the dust. We hold on to it. See, I think, to be fair, that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to a group of people today who, in one way or another, you all got some dust on you. I believe it. I, I really do that we all got a little bit. Of, the problem is not that, that we don't have dust on us. The problem really, the real issue is that when dust gets thrown on us, we hold on to it. That's right. We let it settle into our spirits. Whether it's dust from people or dust that you've put on yourself from failure, we, we, we tend to carry the dust around. And eventually what begins to happen is, like that poor animal in the beginning, that little story, had he not shaken off the dust, it would eventually have buried him. And there are some people today, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, that you're on the verge of being buried. You're on the verge of giving up. 
You're on the verge of walking away. You're on the verge of not trying again. I'm not saying that you're on the verge of leaving God altogether, although there may be somebody like that. But you're just on the verge of not trying again. You're on the verge of not giving your all again because the last time you gave your all, it backfired on you. Or the last time you said yes, uh, you couldn't do it. Or the last time that you put yourself out there, you were hurt or rejected and you got a little bit of dust uh, on your life. And so you keep carrying around this dust with you. And what you don't realize is that that dust, uh, the more gets put on you and the more gets shoveled on you, it starts to bury you. And there's a big difference between being buried and being planted and you're being buried and you've got dust on you. And, and the more dust that you carry, the more tired that you get. You get tired easily. You're getting weary in well-doing. And you're, you're getting weary and you're becoming jaded with the church and jaded with God and, and jaded with people. And, and you're getting tired and, and bitter with people and, and bitter with life and bitter with, your, with a friend or bitter with your employer. Come on now. And bitter with, and you're just letting the dust settle in. And you're letting the dust get the best of you and you're letting the dust uh, you can some of you can't even lift up your arms in church uh, you can't even lift up your hand in worship why because you've got so much dust uh, on your hands or so much dust that you cannot even if you want to you can't even swing your arm because you've got so much dust on you some of you've got dust you can't even smile I say oh my lord it hurts to smile oh my lord you got like doing surgery to smile walk around with your head hanging low you've got so much dust on you dust from the past, dust in the present. But God sent me here today with the dust buster. God sent me here today to shake somebody and say that's not the will of God for your life. The dust is not your destiny. Come on and give God some praise today. Come on, I came to encourage you this afternoon and tell you that you've got to identify that dust and then number two, you've got to shake the dust. Someone say shake it off. I've got to shake this thing off. I can't go the rest of my life with dust. The dust of excuses. The dust of, 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 of past experience and pain. The dust of, of failure. The dust of rejection. The dust of this and the dust of that. Religious dust and spiritual dust and financial. All kinds of dust. No, we've got to shake that thing off. The Bible, as we read in Acts 13, the conflicts in this chapter may have been the first real test in Paul's budding ministry he was not yet an apostle he had not yet written any of his epistles that we read his letters to the churches in fact he had not even established any churches yet this was his initiation and you see this is what the devil tries to do he tries to snuff out your fire the moment that it starts to burn he tries to discourage you from the very onset of what have you ever noticed that when you take a step of faith when you raise your hand as a pledge to God when you say have you ever noticed that that when you you know you may say I'm gonna fast this week and tomorrow they're having a banquet at your job come on now have you ever come on now have you come on now have you ever noticed uh, when you say you know this is the week tomorrow I'm gonna be dead and then something happens tomorrow I'm gonna be more patient tomorrow oh you better be careful what you ask for you get a flat tire on the way to work you get somebody that gives you you know the international sign of you know something on the road and 
and then, and then all of a sudden you find yourself say, what am I doing now? And he tries to snuff you out. Some of you have said, I want to be a soul winner. And you left this Sunday or one Sunday. I'm going to talk to the first soul that I can. And the first soul looked at you like you were some kind of a weird. I don't want to hear what you've got to say. You talk to, have you ever talked to somebody at work? You tell them a little bit about, I'm just going to say, I'm going to just drop a little Jesus. And then from that moment on, they are, they start acting weird around you. They see you come into the break room. All of a sudden they creep, you know, they clean up and they have, you're like, great. I, I just messed it up, right? Whatever I had. And that's the devil trying to stop you and say, you know what? I'm not going to talk to people anymore because then they're just going to say, this is what he tries to do. He tries to kill your spirit from the beginning of what you tried to do for God. But the devil is a liar. You got to shake the dust off you and say, it may not be that one baby, but it'll be the next one. Hey, who am I talking to today? It might not be today, but it's going to be tomorrow. Somebody give God some praise today. Shake it off. Someone say, shake it off. I got to shake off the dust. Man, I told you, you know what you got to do? Get over it. Someone say, get over it. Get over it. And as soon as you get over it, the quicker you get over it, the better. Oh, but he broke my heart. Get over him. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to help somebody today. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. But she broke my heart. Get over her already. God just saved you from a lifetime of misery. That joker was just acting spiritual so he can marry you and then dump you later. Oh, you don't want to hear what I've got to say today. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. You, you know, you ought to thank God when your heart gets broken. My Lord, I don't know who this is for. You ought to thank God when you get fired from that job. You ought to thank God when people walk out on you. You ought to thank God when people break your trust. Why? Because God is teaching you what it is to suffer as a disciple. And not only that, if you shake it off, he's got something better for you in store in the future. Yeah, shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. That's right. That's right. Just shake it off. Let him go. Let it go. And the sooner that you get over it, the better off you'll be. Sometimes I see people a year later, I'm like, you're still crying about that? Come on now. Shake it off, brother. You've got a ministry you've got to fulfill. You've got a purpose. Stop moping around. Shake it off. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. And so that's exactly what they did. Oh, man, they had, I don't have time to get into all of it, but there was so much, uh, so much dirt and so much dust on the apostle Paul. I don't have time to read it there, but you can go to verse 13, same chapter of chapter 13, verse 13. Uh, I mean, he, even his own associates were backing out on him. Young man named John Mark just, just deserted him. So he's got relational dust on him. He's got ministerial dust on him. And by the time you get to verse 50, I mean, Paul and Barnabas are just covered in dust man they got dust in their eyes they got dust in their hair they are just one dusty mess I'm talking spiritually now but watch what happens in verse 51 then it said but they shook off the dust from their feet and they said ah I'm shaking this off I'm shaking off the dust now there is a cultural significance to this because in Jewish culture the custom of shaking the dirt off one's feet when they left the city was to send a message to the 
city and to tell them I no longer want to associate with you anymore oh my lord and it was a sign that I'm moving on it was a sign of a detachment and usually it was a Gentile city or a godless city where Jews would do this they would shake off the dust from their feet and say I'm not turning back I'm moving forward someone say forward yeah I'm moving forward I don't want to be like Lot's wife when God delivered them out of Sodom she said I'm going to take one more look and see what I left behind don't you dare call that person back don't you mm, don't you dare go back on your knees begging for that job again don't you ah come on now somebody and she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt I call it a pillar of dust she became a pillar you've got to kick the dust off of your feet and move forward in the name of Jesus and say I'm not looking back I'm not going in reverse I've got to keep on moving into my future I cannot tell somebody today that God's got something in store for you that the latter house shall be greater than the former house come on now that greater things are yet to come is there anybody believing in the house today that the best is yet to come I don't know who I'm preaching to right now but you got to know that the best is not behind you but the best is in front of you the best is yet to come give God about 30 seconds of praise right now give him about 30 ah come on now somebody if you believe that the best is yet to come come on up here I'm almost done listen after you shake you got to shake someone say shake it off Dust that thing off you. Shake it off. Next thing you got to do is you got to leave the dust. That's right. You got to leave it. Leave the dust. Shake it off. Get it off of you. I can't, I can't go another day with this on me. Uh-uh. God's been too good to me. Has God been good to you? That's right. Can't let this one trial derail your purpose. Can't let this one hater derail your debt no shake it off but then after you shake it off you got to leave it behind you leave that thing behind you Paul and Barnabas did not waste any time the Bible says that after they shook off the dust that they went on to the next city they went and they came to Iconium he said, we can't stay here anymore. We've got to move on to the next thing. Hmm. We've got to move on to what's next in line. We can't stay here anymore. Don't shake off the dust and then just stay there so that more dust from there can get kicked on you again. <laughs> oh, my God. Hit me once, shame on you. Hit me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to stick around and be a punching bag. I'm not, mm, I'm not going to stick around. No, I'm, I'm smarter than that. I'm wiser than that. They said, you know what? Now it's not the time for us here. Now it's not the time for us to stay here. They're being pushed out. They're being pushed out. But from this point on, God, you know what it did? It toughened them up. Ooh, Jesus. It toughened their skin. It made them tougher. Mm, my God. Because what doesn't kill you will only make you stronger. 
They said, all right. Mm, my God. Oh, my Lord. I feel something in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, give God some praise right now. I feel something in the Holy Ghost right now. What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. God allowed you to survive that thing so that you can rise above that thing so that thing will never, never bite you in its dust again. There are some places you should never go back to. There are some systems you should never be bound to again. There are some relationships you are never to be entangled with again. But God said, I delivered you from that place. I brought you out of Yasha. I feel the Holy Ghost now so that you can step into greater territory. And when you step out of that place and into this place, you will find a boldness you didn't know you had. You, My God, you will find an anointing you didn't know you had. And so when Paul and Barnabas go to Iconium, now they start to see greater miracles. The Bible said they begin to speak with boldness. Oh, hallelujah. Antioch of Pisidia, you thought you were going to silence me. You thought I was going to give up. You thought I was going to sell out. You thought I was going to quit. But the devil is a liar. I've got to get to Iconium. Because in Iconium, the Bible says that they minister to the sick and the afflicted. The Bible says that many signs and wonders were done by the work of their hands. Can I tell you that on the other side of the dust are the wonders of God? On the other side, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I'm just about done now. On the other side of the dust is the glory of God. Oh! my God. Have you ever heard the phrase, when the dust settles? Some of you are in a fog of dust right now. You're not sure which way is up and down. You're not sure which way is east or west. But the Holy Ghost said, just wait for the dust to settle. Shake it off. And it might be a little foggy. But when the dust settles, you'll see, I've got something greater for you. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Somebody just worship him for a moment. Somebody Somebody just magnify the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel God talking to somebody's heart right now. I feel God. Yes, yes, yes. We can't stop moving forward. We've got to trust that God is in control. Paul and Barnabas. Oh, Lord. They, 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 they kept on. Someone say, keep going. Come on, say, keep going. And they kept on. I don't know. Is that... I don't know if on their way from, from, from Antioch of Pisidia to Iconium, if there were tears in their eyes. I don't know if on the way they had heart-to-heart -heart conversations and said, Paul, do you think we're really cut out for this? Barnabas, do you think that I'm really ministry material? I don't know what kind of conversations they had. All I know is that when they got to Iconium, something began to shift. And then I started reading researching a little bit more and I found out that the name Iconia means coming oh my God and then the Lord spoke to me and he said that which is coming is greater than that which is leaving God said if you shake up the dust from your life and if you step into your future you're going to see that I got something coming for you 
my God. Can I tell somebody today that God wants to show you what's coming? A better harvest is coming. Come on. Somebody ought to stand up and give God some praise for that. A better harvest is coming. A better, can I tell somebody, a better job is coming. A better blessing is coming. A better miracle is coming. A better relationship is coming. God said if you just let it go.